Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all here. My name is Jared, and I'm the pastor here, and it's a great privilege to get to open God's Word with you this morning. I might shift this over a little bit. There we go. I'm not quite as tall as Owen and not quite as short as Kasha, <laughs> somewhere in the middle. <laughs> And uh, it's, it's, it's wonderful to have uh, visitors here from Shalom House. Welcome to you. Uh, great to have you with us. And um, we're glad to be continuing to look through um, Mark's gospel this morning. Uh, and if, uh, if, you're, if you'd like to get connected in at Hiawakim Church, we'd love to, to do that for anyone who's, who's here that wants to get plugged in. If you want to come and chat to me afterwards, I would love to talk with you and get to know you more. Let's pray. Father in heaven, uh, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, uh, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving. Uh, you are the great and glorious God. You are almighty, the ruler of everything, the creator of everything, and we praise you. Thank you, Lord, that you've made us in your image. And thank you, Lord, that you have uh, given us this opportunity to hear from you as you speak to us in your word. Lord, would you open our eyes to see Jesus more clearly by your spirit. Lord, fix our eyes on Jesus and Lord, bring our, our lives in line with him. We pray that this morning we would see clearly uh, the Lord Jesus, what he's done for us and, uh, and grow us, Lord, in our love for him. Help us to see how he welcomes us and help us to see how he calls us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, is is there anyone here who puts off going to the doctor? You know, when we feel sick, um, but we don't want to go to the doctor. Oh, I've got a few hands. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I suspect that there are all kinds of reasons for doing this, whether it's pride, laziness, just thinking it's a waste of time, uh, so on. Maybe, maybe you don't want to get other sicknesses that people have and they're in the waiting room. But so if, if, if you think of a hypochondriac, that's uh, someone who, who thinks they have uh, all these illnesses when they actually don't. We're talking about the opposite of that person. Um, I don't think that's called a chondriac, but <laughs> yeah, that's, we'll, we'll go with that for now. Um, but the situation is where we, where we don't recognize that we're sick, but we actually are. Anyone, anyone been there? Um, I once had a cough for like three months <laughs> before I went to the doctor. Um, and then it was sorted within like a week. Um, but yeah, some of us really do put it off, don't we? Um, because if we went to the doctor, we'd have to acknowledge that we're sick. We'd have to admit that we're not in perfect health. We might even have to lock ourselves in our homes for 7 to 14 days. In today's passage, we see Jesus, the ultimate doctor, call us as we are and call it how it is. Jesus welcomes sinners and Jesus calls sinners to repentance and faith in him. So we begin with Jesus welcoming sinners. He calls us as we are. In this section of Mark's account of Jesus' life, he tells us about the kinds of people Jesus spent time with. And this shows the kind of king that Jesus is. He's the king who cares. And so far in Mark, we've seen that Jesus is the king of the whole world, the king who came to save. Jesus has been prioritizing preaching, the massive news of his arrival as king. And along with this, he's been performing miracles to point to his kingship. Crowds have been flocking to see Jesus. So who are the people that Jesus hangs out with? Let's have a look at what's going on in Mark chapter 2. Back again by the seaside, 
with the crowds all around, Jesus was teaching again. Jesus continues to prioritize his teaching ministry because that's what saves people. It impacts not only this life, but where we spend forever. Jesus saw a man named Levi in the tax booth. We've got a couple of Levi's here. I think one of them's away, but there's one right here. Jesus saw Levi in the tax booth and he called him, follow me. And he did. Levi, Levi the tax collector. Tax collectors were known for being dodgy, sorry, Levi, (laughs) sellouts, known for being dodgy sellouts to Rome, traitors against Israel. They had such a bad reputation because they routinely defrauded people out of money. They'd collect more tax than required and pocket the difference. So I guess we could call him Levi the money launderer. But Jesus calls Levi the same way he called the fishermen back in chapter one. Follow me says Jesus. And Levi rose and followed him. No ifs, no buts, no maybes. Jesus knows who Levi is. Jesus knows what Levi's done. And yet Jesus calls him to follow him, to be one of his 12 disciples. Jesus calls Levi as he is, to come as he is. Clearly, Jesus welcomes outcasts, calling a tax collector to join him as a follower. It's, uh, it's sort of like choosing the, the scrawny, weedy kid to be on your PE team when everyone knows that he's been fleecing people out of their lunch money for the past two years using some elaborate scheme. Jesus calls Levi as he is. And Jesus calling people like Levi is not a one-off event. In verse 15, Jesus eats with and spends time with not only Levi, but a whole company of tax collectors and sinners. Jesus hangs out with the social outcasts, the sellouts, the tax collectors, the sinners, those deemed unworthy, those on the outside. Jesus loves them. Jesus calls them. Jesus welcomes them when others wouldn't, when no one would. Jesus shows an amazing love for people, a love that causes him to go beyond social norms and eat with and befriend those on the outside. And when someone sits down with us and shares a meal with us and takes the time to talk with us, we feel truly welcomed, don't we? And imagine for these people, no one would have done that. No one but Jesus. And Jesus welcomes you and me too. He's the king who cares. He's the king who calls us as we are. But not everyone is happy about this, though as we see in today's passage. A group of people called the scribes of the Pharisees, those were the well-respected religious leaders of the time, are really baffled by Jesus eating with sinners and tax collectors. They don't get it. Why is he hanging out with those sinners? Does he know who they are? They're dodgy evildoers. Why would the rabbi hang out with the rabble? Why would the master hang out with the motley crew? Why would the king hang out with the commoners? They just can't make heads or tails of it. I don't know if anyone's ever compared the Pharisees with the cool kids before, aside from maybe the Pharisees. (laughs) But they look at Jesus and think, why is he sitting at the uncool table? A Pharisee wouldn't be seen dead with sinners and tax collectors. They cared about how things looked on the outside. You can imagine them thinking along the lines of birds of a feather flock together, 
So we better not get too close to those people, otherwise we'll be tainted by them. They can't understand why Jesus would hang out with these people. They're blinded by their self-righteousness. So they ask his disciples, why would Jesus eat with the tax collectors and sinners? Which brings us to our second point. Jesus calls it how it is. Jesus calls sinners to repentance and faith in him. I love that the the Pharisees ask (laughs) Jesus' disciples, but it's Jesus himself who answers their question. Jesus is not ashamed of hanging out with the sinners and the tax collectors. He doesn't try and distance himself from them. Not at all. The opposite, in fact. Jesus says that sinners are the reason he came. Where others seek to dehumanize them and question Jesus hanging out with them, Jesus points to his messianic mission. Jesus says these words, Those who are well have no need of a physician, a doctor, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. If you were opening a hospital, you found a good location, you filled it with doctors, but you didn't let any sick people in, wouldn't that be crazy? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Hospitals are where sick people get better. If you were a doctor, but you refused to help sick people, wouldn't that be insane? Yeah. Doctors work to help sick people return to good health. Jesus is the ultimate doctor the spiritual doctor who loves and saves sinners. Jesus came to heal the spiritually broken. Jesus came to rescue the rebels. Jesus is the king who saves. His mission is to seek and save the lost. When Jesus spends time with sinners in their homes and eats with them, he isn't tainted by them nor does he go along with their rebellion or encourage them in it. Jesus loves them, spends time with them, and calls them to repentance and faith in him. The same message that Jesus the King has been preaching to turn away from our rebellion against God and trust Jesus the King is the message that he preaches to the sinners he hangs out with. Jesus loves these people. He loves them enough to welcome them and care for them when no one else would. And Jesus loves them enough to tell them the truth, that they need him to rescue them. And the fact is, we all need Jesus, the Savior, to rescue us, Pharisees included. And Jesus calls us to turn away from our rebellion against God and to trust him, the Savior King. Jesus calls it how it is. He shows genuine love for sinners. This is God himself come to earth to save. And Jesus speaks the truth. He doesn't shy away from the reality that people are sinners. No, he calls it how it is. He preaches a message of repent and believe, of turn and trust. Jesus tells us the truth that we, by nature, are rebels against God in need of rescue, and that he, God the Son, is the only one who can rescue us. So in response, he calls us to turn and to trust, to turn away from our rebellion against God to Jesus, to trust him. 
The Pharisees didn't get it. They're like sick people who refuse to go to the doctor. They deny that there's anything wrong. They don't recognize their sickness and so refuse to go to the doctor and so don't get better. They don't recognize their sin, so they refuse to go to the Savior and they refuse his gift of salvation. The way of the Pharisees, the way of self-righteousness leads to judgment. Jesus' mission as Messiah, that promised king, is to save sinners. And Jesus is able to save because he went to the cross, taking on our sin, dying the death we deserved in our place and rising powerfully from the dead. And if we don't recognize that we're broken, we can never be made whole. If we don't recognize that we're lost, we can never be found. If we don't recognize our sin, we can never be saved. We mustn't let our pride get in the way. We're all sinners. We're all in the same boat. When we recognize that we're broken and lost and sinners, it is then when we come to Jesus and put our trust in him that we are made whole, we are found and we are saved. Jesus loves us. He calls it how it is. We're all sinners before God, deserving his judgment, but able to be freed through Jesus who died on the cross in our place. There's no group of sinners and non-sinners. The distinction is between the self-righteous and those who acknowledge their sin and trust Jesus the Savior. When we look at what we've been doing today, we see that Jesus loves us enough to welcome us. And Jesus loves us enough to tell us the truth that we need rescuing. We see that Jesus welcomes us as we are. He calls us to come to him as we are. And he loves us to tell us the truth and rescues us from our sin. Let's have a think about how we respond to Jesus today. We're in in High Wycombe, uh, roughly 2,000 years after Jesus was on earth. And these words that he spoke back then continue to be relevant to us today. So let's ask ourselves a few questions. Have I understood that Jesus welcomes me? Some of us might feel like Jesus would never welcome me. But that's not true. Jesus is the loving king of the whole world who came to seek and save the lost. We might feel, I'm too simple, too broken, too unlovable. But remember that Jesus calls us as we are. Do you see how Jesus goes and hangs out with the outcasts? The people on the outside, the people who are known for being sinners? For anyone who feels a sense of, would Jesus love me? What a great comfort this is. Jesus came for people like you and like me. Jesus made us and he loves us. Don't miss that he's the king who cares for us. Have I understood that Jesus welcomes everyone? Others of us might feel like Jesus would never welcome them, whomever we put in that category. But that's not true. Jesus is the loving king of the whole world who came to seek and to save the lost. 
we are them. We're all in the same boat. Sinners before a perfect God, morally compromised and deserving of judgment. Jesus' approach of welcoming sinners, eating with them, and calling them to repentance and faith in him, shows us that he welcomes them. He welcomes the people on the outside. And that tells us what our response should be to them as well. There's no room for looking down on others. The only basis for any of us to have a right relationship with God is that Jesus lived the perfect life. He died our death in our place and he rose again powerfully from the grave. We are all in the same boat and can't look down on anyone. Have I got that Jesus calls me to turn away from my sin and to trust him? Some of us may have grasped that Jesus welcomes us, but may not have understood that he calls us to turn and trust. Jesus calls us to turn away from our sin, to trust Jesus alone as our savior. He calls us to come as we are, but he also calls us to turn and to trust, to turn away from our old life, our life of doing things our own way, and towards Jesus, the rescuer. Jesus doesn't affirm us in our rebellion. He calls us to turn away from it. And Jesus has done everything to save us. So the only right response is to come trusting him. Have I got that Jesus calls everyone to turn away from sin and towards him? We might feel like, oh yeah, I understand that I'm a sinner, but I look at other people and think they've got it all together. That I need saving, but do they? And the answer is absolutely yes. No matter how sorted someone's life appears on the outside, we all need Jesus and the salvation that he alone offers. So everyone we meet is someone who needs Jesus, just like us. Jesus is the king who calls sinners, a group each and every one of us is a part of. He calls us all to turn and trust. Have I turned and trusted in Jesus? Turn and trust in Jesus today. There are challenges from, from following uh, Christ in this life. The world hated Jesus and the world will hate us too. But when you consider that forever we will be with Jesus face to face, enjoying being with him, praising him, and we know that reality it outweighs all of the challenges we could possibly face in this life. So we keep going. We keep trusting our Savior King, that he's got us, that he's saved us, that he will keep us forever. Do I welcome people who are different from me or who don't like me in the name of Jesus? Real welcome was a mark of Jesus' ministry, and it must be a mark of ours too. Real, loving welcome of people. And do I call people to turn and trust in Jesus? Our world hates this message and they want us to shy away from preaching it. It's a message that tells us that we are broken, but it's also a message that tells us of the one who can make us whole, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the message that we all need to hear. That we are sinners and salvation is found in Jesus alone. So he calls us 
like he calls everyone to turn and to trust. To turn away from our rebellion against God, from doing things our way, not God's way. To turn away from that, to trust Jesus, the only one who can save us. We need to do that today before it's too late. Let's pray. Father in heaven, have mercy on us, we pray. Thank you, Jesus, for welcoming sinners like us. Thank you that you ate with the sinners and the tax collectors, that you befriended them, that you hung out with them, that you spent time with those people when no one else would. Thank you, Lord, that you love people like us. Lord, forgive us for when we've wronged you. We turn, Lord, we turn away from our sin and we trust you, Jesus, our Saviour. You, Lord Jesus, are our only hope and it's in your name we pray. Amen.